From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on May 30th, 2023 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a look at the six-week abortion bill Governor Henry McMaster signed into law last week and which was then promptly blocked in circuit court following a filing from abortion rights groups. We catch you up on the latest. Also, South Carolina's congressional map heads to the U.S. Supreme Court. Russia has issued an arrest warrant for Senator Lindsey Graham. We tell you why and also bring you his comments. And Congressman Jim Clyburn talks about the debt ceiling fight, plus much more. The lead loves hearing from you guys. It's about to be summer. We want to hear from you. 803-563-7169. You're on the road. How's Memorial Day? What are you guys up to? We need to hear you. We got to give AT some love. He's working down in Spoleto and Charleston. So let us know what's going on. 803-563-7169. Abortion remains legal in South Carolina up to 20 weeks as the six-week abortion ban signed into law by Governor Henry McMaster last week remains tied up in courts. You will remember that this is similar to the bill he signed into law in February 2021 that was challenged in federal court until Roe was overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court last June. The law briefly took effect before Planned Parenthood South Atlantic and others received an injunction while the case was pending before the South Carolina Supreme Court which in January ruled 3-2 to two to invalidate the law on the grounds that it violated the state's constitutional right to privacy. What's changed since then with this law? The Supreme Court. Justice Kay Hearn, who wrote the lead opinion on the case, stepped down after hitting the mandatory retirement age of 72. We take you to outside a Columbia courtroom where Kathleen McDaniel, the attorney who argued on behalf of Planned Parenthood abortion providers before Judge Clifton Newman last week. The bill in its, uh, the substance of it is still exactly the same. Uh, the six-week ban is still the six-week ban, and the exceptions, previous the previous bill, which was already ruled unconstitutional, the exceptions had a 20-week time limit, and that has been reduced in the new bill to 12 weeks. So it is a further, more egregious violation of constitutional rights. Between the time the governor signed the law and the injunction being granted, the medical care of some 75 women was in limbo. Vicki Ringer, Planned Parenthood South Atlantic's Director of Public Affairs, gave some more insight on the confusion following the signing of the law. Just in the short term time since the bill was passed Tuesday night, my messages on phone and text have been filled with women who are afraid. Women who are not even pregnant right now, but worried that they may be. I've heard from a woman who wants her daughter to move here but is because of her pre-existing conditions, pregnancy is a lethal condition for her. It is not benign, it is not always safe. And so anytime care is denied, women are harmed. It is just that simple. They can pretend all day at the State House that, oh, pregnancy is so simple and it's just a joy-filled glowing time for women. It is dangerous. and. As you've heard us say over and over again, we have the eighth highest maternal mortality rate in this state, the fifth highest infant mortality rate. Let's protect the people who are here before we try to restrict that care. 
but people are confused. Even doctor's offices are calling us asking, I, I have a patient, uh, she's sick, do I have to wait until she's septic? They're asking us for advice because hospital attorneys, uh, attorneys for uh, medical associations are also unsure what is happening. You'll remember that members of the General Assembly approved Justice Kay Hearn's replacement, State Appeals Court Judge Gary Hill, back in February, making the court the only high court in the nation to have only men serving on it. Now, I'll bring you my sit-down interview with Hearn on Saturday, but first, let's look at what key players of the abortion debate had to say about how things played out last week in the Senate, following a brief filibuster, which ended when cloture was successfully invoked by Republicans, including Senators Tom Davis and Greg Hembree, who were against the House's near-total abortion ban bill. Conway Republican Senator Luke Rankin was against cloture, but joined other Republicans in giving the measure final approval, sending the six-week bill to the governor's desk for his signature on May 25th. The only Republicans joining Democrats in both votes, including the 27-19 passage, were the three female Republican senators, Katrina Sheely, Sandy Sen, and Penry Gustafson. Here's Lexington Republican Senator Katrina Sheely, part of the five women in the Senate who helped lead the fight against the restrictive abortion measures. I am disappointed, you know, and it's kind of like a big letdown because now we're gone yet to fight again. You know, we can hope that the um, our Supreme Court hasn't turned so male that they just, you know, say that it's okay for six weeks and they we win in court and we have to come back to fight again. You know, I don't think anybody wants to have a 22-week abortion law in South Carolina. I think a 12-week you know, amendment was a good compromise, and that's what I said, and, you know, they didn't want to go with that. You know, they've got their mindset what they want. They think they know what women want. They even think, I don't even think men want what they want. They just have it in their head, that's what people want in South Carolina, and I don't think that's true. I've gotten too many emails, too many letters, too many cards, and they're from people in South Carolina. You know, everybody thinks, oh, that's everybody. The liberal North is sending you all that stuff. That's not true. You know, I poll my district, we poll South Carolina. You know, there are people that want that, but the majority of the people in South Carolina do not want what we passed today. Senate Majority Leader Shane Massey spoke with reporters shortly before the Senate approved the measure on May 23rd. He shared his thoughts on the bill and whether it will now survive a court challenge. It's, you're right, it has been a long and bumpy road, but it was an important debate to have. Uh, and um, I'm glad we finally got a resolution on it. And it's, it's something that is gonna, it's, it's gonna make South Carolina not the abortion destination state of the Southeast, and I think that's important. Um, and I think we've, we've struck a compromise at the, de the detection of a heartbeat, which is something that a lot of South Carolinians will support. You know, we've tried very hard, I mean, I was in, involved in this, trying very hard to, to put language in this legislation that responds to the justices' concerns, um, hopefully to address some of those concerns so that then we could flip some votes that way. Uh, because I would like for this to be a unanimous vote. I, if it's not unanimous, I would like for it to be four to one. Uh, I don't want to have a three-two split vote. Um, so we tried very hard to pay attention to what they wrote and then to respond to it. Now, I, I, I'm confident in the changes that we made in the legislation that uh, we addressed the concerns that were outlined in the in the, the, the opinions that were out there. Uh, we haven't targeted this at all based on the new makeup of the court. The, the idea of changing the legislation was done to address the concerns that were raised, and I, th I think we've done that. 
So the law, which again is temporarily blocked pending ongoing litigation, would outlaw abortions around six weeks or whenever an electrical signal representing cardiac activity can be detected by ultrasound. Now, women typically don't know that they are pregnant around this time, and if they want abortion care, then they will need to have two appointments with one of three abortion providers in the state. One appointment will just be an in-person conversation with a medical professional. Planned Parenthood said it can take up to three weeks to schedule an abortion in the state. And just for context, I just tried to schedule an appointment online today, May 30th, and the earliest available date is June 23rd here in Columbia. And that is for receiving the abortion pill or having a surgical procedure. Now, there are exceptions in the law for the life and health of the mother, as well as fatal fetal anomalies. But the number of weeks for rape and incest victims to receive an abortion was reduced from 20 weeks in the 2021 law to 12 weeks. And it also requires a physician to report it to authorities. We'll be following this case as it goes through the courts for you. But I want to thank the Russ McKinney for all the audio because he was on the ground in the statehouse and the courthouse last week when I was out on the campaign trail. Thank you again, Russ McKinney. Moving on, Russia has issued an arrest warrant for South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham following comments he made during a meeting with Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky. Here's part of those remarks from an edited video from Reuters via the Ukrainian presidential press office. Thank you very much. Thanks, United States people of the United States for all big support. President Biden, bipartisan yes. support, Congress, and really we thank you so much. Free or die. Free or die. Now you are free. Yes. And we will be. And the Russians are dying. It's the best money we've ever spent. Thank you so much. Graham responded to Russia by saying, quote, I will wear the arrest warrant issued by Putin's corrupt and immoral government as a badge of honor. To know that my commitment to Ukraine has drawn the ire of Putin's regime brings me immense joy. I will continue to stand with and for Ukraine's freedom until every Russian soldier is expelled from Ukrainian territory. Finally, here's an offer to my Russian, quote, friends who want to arrest and try me for calling out the Putin regime as being war criminals. I will submit to jurisdiction of the International Criminal Court if you do. Come and make your best case. See you in The Hague, quote. Graham also gave remarks following his meeting with Zelensky. The industrial level war crimes that have been committed against the Ukrainian people, if they are forgiven in the name of peace, you will have destroyed everything we've stood for since the end of World War II. There can be no forgiving and forgetting when it comes to Putin's war crimes. There can be no backing off of helping Ukraine, because if we fail here, there goes Taiwan. If you're running for president as a Republican or Democrat, I don't know how you can make the argument that we're stronger against China if we pull the plug on Ukraine. That makes zero sense. What I want the Chinese to see is that invading a neighbor is not as easy as it looks. Putin has an arrest warrant from the International Criminal Court. I'd like to do more to help prosecute Russian war crimes. The best way to protect Taiwan and world order is for Putin to lose. And if you don't get that, I think you're missing a lot. For the Ukrainian counteroffensive to yield results, and I'm here to tell you that the last chapter of the Battle of Bakhmut is yet to be written. I'm here to tell you 
that the Russian military is about to have holy hell unleashed upon them. This was Graham's third meeting with the Ukrainian leader and third trip to Kyiv. It came before a drone strike hit residential targets inside Russia on Tuesday, which Russian officials blame Ukraine for and Ukraine denies. Russia had been launching missile and drone strikes over the past three days leading up to the incident, per the Wall Street Journal. And Washington has discouraged Ukraine from committing any such attacks. Sticking with our delegation, Democratic Congressman Jim Clyburn was on MSNBC Sunday discussing the debt ceiling limit plan that President Joe Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy have brokered. Though not all Republicans, including several in our delegation, are happy with the deal. Here's Congressman Clyburn. Am I satisfied totally? No, I'm not. Uh, but uh, as Mr. Ramadute, uh, if I pronounce his name correctly, said, in these kinds of the negotiations, nobody gets all of what they want. Uh, I do know that I have not seen the paper. My staff has been informing me this morning of what's in it and what's out of it. And I'm very comfortable that we can get to a good place uh, on both sides of the aisle. Thanks ought to go out, though, uh, to those negotiators. Uh, Solanda Young, Steve Rossetti, uh, Louisa Terry have been great on our sides. I think that um, uh, Congressman uh, McHenry and Graves uh, have done great work on the Republican side. And we ought to thank them for the great work they've done. Having said that, we have to have time to look at the details to make sure that we can get to a, a very comfortable level on all of this. Will I get all of what I want? No. Will they get all of what they want? No. But I'm very pleased that we're in a good place. And here are some details about that deal. It suspends the debt ceiling until after the 2024 elections. It protects Medicaid and increases work requirements for those on food stamps. It sets a 1% spending cap increase for 2025. Defense spending remains untouched, as does veterans' medical care, both of which got slight boosts. The deal also calls back about $20 billion of the $80 billion sent to modernize the IRS over the next 10 years. And a natural gas pipeline that runs through West Virginia will receive expedited approval, according to the Washington Post. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has said the country will no longer be able to pay its bills by June 5th unless a deal is reached. This measure needs to pass both the House and the Senate by then. Jumping on the 2024 campaign trail for a moment... Newly declared presidential candidate Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will visit the state this week as part of his initial early voting state swing. This includes three stops in South Carolina on Friday. DeSantis will be in Bluffton in the morning, Lexington in the afternoon, and Greenville in the evening. DeSantis is illustrating one of the benefits of South Carolina and that you can hit three of the state's major regions all in one day. Now, while some of us will be driving to these stops, two out of three of them, I'd say, it's actually much easier to do that in a private jet. We don't have one anymore. We'll have more from DeSantis' first swing through the Palmetto State on Tuesday's podcast. And on the way out, the Associated Press reported on May 15th that the U.S. Supreme Court has agreed to decide whether South Carolina's congressional districts need to be redrawn because they discriminate against black voters. The justices said they would review a lower court ruling that found that the first congressional district running from Charleston to Hilton Head was intentionally redrawn to reduce the number of Democratic-leaning black voters and to make it more likely Republican candidates would win. The case probably will be argued this fall and decided in the run-up to the 2024 elections, when all the seats in the closely divided House of Representatives, now under Republican control, will be on the ballot. 
The three-judge court that ruled in favor of civil rights groups that challenged the congressional map said in its opinion in January that the districts violated the Federal Voting Rights Act by unfairly diluting the power of black voters. Again, that's the Associated Press reporting. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We're glad you're here. Also, this is a break from Spoleto coverage with A.T. Shire. <laughs> hello, A.T. Oh, hello. Yes, hello, hello. <laughs> I'm back in the confines and the warmth of South Carolina Public Radio here in Columbia. You are still out yes. in the field bearing the elements, uh, putting mm-hmm. on a strong face, though I know it's it's a lot of hard work, but everyone back home is still rooting for you. <laughs> we, want, we can't wait to see our, our dad come home from the front. <laughs> yeah, Gavin looks like uh, Rosie the Riveter right now. Yes, yes, he can. You We're, know, like he can do collecting it. Collecting scrap metal for you and <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah, Gavin just been dragging. Sean, producer Sean, texted me and just said, "Gavin's just putting scrap metal in your office." Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> just like a lot of things: cans, <laughs> bullet casings, <laughs> tires. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I find it. I take it. Doesn't matter. Anyway, Gavin, thank you for that sentiment. Yes, but we are here to get down to business, all right? Let's we have a down. call. Yeah. You can look right here. Look, you here can it see. is. He's showing okay? me his cell phone. Folks, we're on it's FaceTime. I'm, I'm not making He's this not up. Making it so up. are you this ready? This is part of our are transportation effort. Transportation, our here transparency we, efforts. Yes, go ahead. Here we, here we, go ahead, caller. Hey, y'all. Hope everybody is doing well. Uh, my name is Hunter. I'm in Spartanburg. And I was just wondering, what is the state of the redistricting um, that happened, obviously, with the 2020 census? I know they all go into their meetings and they they uh, do their redistricting stuff, but are the current maps like that are on the website, are those the redistrict um, districts for everybody or are those still waiting to be finalized? I know it's been three years, but it takes quite a time, I know. So I was just wondering the state of that and um, and what's, what's up-to-date information for, for me to follow. Thank you so much. Have a talk anytime. Um, yeah, y'all take care. Thanks. Bye. Hunter, thank you for calling. It's almost like we planned this, and honestly, we didn't. I was just meaning to put that <laughs> that little tidbit up there from the AP that we heard from, like, May 15th, but, you know, everything between now and and then was a go, 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 so I didn't have time to put that piece in until today, so glad that that worked out, but as you can tell, Hunter, that was the, that's the only big hang-up right there is we're dealing with the congressional maps when it comes to redistricting in South Carolina. Everything else, the state house and the state senate maps are all uh, what you expect. So we already saw the ramifications of the state house maps in play in last uh, November in the elections. We saw some change with more Republicans gaining uh, House seats in the House because they're the only chamber up for election. The Senate will see play out uh, in 2024 because that'll be the first time that those maps affect their elections. So a lot to uh, a lot to take in there. But yeah, that supermajority came into play uh, in 2022. The only one that's really up in the air is that first. very purple first yeah. district, right? Yeah. yeah. That's okay, that's what I thought, yeah. But um, even when you look at that, you know, we saw Nancy Mace win handedly over Democrat Annie Andrews back in November 2022. So should they change this map, which they're going to maybe have to, depending on what the U.S. Supreme Court says, uh, she should still be pretty safe. I mean, it's still a pretty red-purple district, and she's walking a pretty fine line with her comments and her stances on a lot of things, including abortion. So... Um, a lot to watch, and I mean, it depends on if she, she gets a good challenger. I mean, Ann Andrews was a pretty good challenger, so um, it's a tough, tough hill to climb when it comes to these maps. It's a, it's about as red as a purple can get. Yeah. Anyway, which Gavin, you know, for me being colorblind, you, it's all like gray. 
<laughs> we were. I was at Lowe's. I don't see on, what anyone's talking about. I was about on Lowe's yet. on uh, yesterday with a friend of mine, and she was looking at paints, and she's like, "Oh, I think this one's this gray's a little too blue, and this one's a little too this." I was like, "Well, I, I like that one, but then again, I'm I'm partially you know deficient with color now, so." <laughs> But you know I love my grays. I love monochrome, so I can tell you a good gray and a bad gray. I can do that. You that you got those down, baby. Anyway, Gavin, the, these these Spoleto episodes, you have to do a lot of the heavy lifting here in the wind down. I do. So, uh, what 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 do you what do you want to talk about here? What have you been well, doing? You know, I was, you I was rethinking when you Let's asked about me about life. some of my favorite moments from the trail, and I think another favorite moment from Iowa was at least when I was at a bar having lunch. Uh, this place that I went to before, Zombie Burger, which has like really great burgers. You would love it. Um, the, this bartender who's really outgoing because I remember from last time, she's like, are you a lawyer? I was like, oh, I don't know if that's an insult <laughs> or a compliment. <laughs> and then I told producer Amy, and she's like, yeah, I could see that. I think it was just, I think it's the hair. Uh, you know, also It's like the hair. The you got a great head of lettuce up there. Yeah, I got to just keep it there as long as possible. But I had a pretty good Memorial Day weekend. It was very chill. I spent a lot of time just in silence collecting myself. Because um, I had been in, you know, like four states over the week, and then I went to a wedding in Raleigh on I Saturday. I can relate. Dude, right now, I can relate. And just like, I, I typically have like some downtime, and I just had been living out of a suitcase in a hotel room, so I was just like, let me just sit still. And I meant to go see a friend on Saturday night, and I was like, yeah, let me just take a nap, because I had just gone off the road four hours from like Raleigh. And I was like, or Sunday night. And I was like, let me out. Let's come hang out. And I, I lay down for a nap. And then three hours later, I was like, I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm down till tomorrow morning, you know. And I was good after that. I, but yeah. I, I, speaking of Memorial Day weekend, Gavin, I saw something very troubling. And I messaged you immediately when I saw it. It was the picture of the grill mm. that you shared it on your grilling. Instagram. Yeah. It was not my grill. It was a gas grill. What? It, and okay, there, there were, were a lot of problems here. Gas grill, tough. I don't like a gas grill. I'm a real charcoal stickler, okay? I'll pass this along. <laughs> you had you had some unseasoned chicken breasts. The chicken on breasts there. were um they were marinated. Olive they oil. were not my chicken breasts. Those were her neighbors or my friend's neighbors. And then I was just cooking no burgers seasoning. for myself. So GJ just had burgers. Okay, good. Um, which I cooked Four perfectly. burgers? How many burgers did you eat? Um, yeah, I had a double of myself because I was like, Gavin's hungry. It's Memorial Day. Thank <laughs> you for all who gave the ultimate. I'm going to do this. Um, and then I just saved <laughs> two for myself. Some, some and I saved two all. for myself for today. I'm going to for dinner. So I was like, mm-hmm. screw it. And I had avocado. I had my tomato. I had some lettuce. It was very good. I didn't have a bun because screw buns. My problem with those burgers is those were definitely pre-made hamburgers, yeah, right? Because I was lazy, my friend. They were too perfectly round. I mean, like I'm okay with that. It, I'm, I'm typically could, against that because I spent eight dollars on four burgers, which I'm sure I could get like you know yeah. double the amount of beef if I had actually done it myself. But I became a creature sure. of convenience. I'm trying to live this convenience lifestyle that everyone raves about that I get derided for not participating in. Now here I am being derided for this convenience. <laughs> it's a lose-lose for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're my, just... My food consumption is lose-lose. But I, I was still... You're basically so, Joan to Art. It was, it was also part of my way of um, coming down from all the trash that I ate on the campaign trail. <laughs> I didn't tell you this, but I had two McChickens in, uh, in Iowa in a moment of desperation. What? Why did you eat the chicken and not a burger? Because I was being cheap, and I believe that fast food should be cheap as possible, so that's what I went for. I was not going to pay $2 for a McDouble when I remember they used to be on the dollar menu, okay? So that's my problem. Gavin, re- 
remembers, okay? Gavin And then I was like, oh, McChickens. I can throw back some McChickens in a second. Oh, but so much mayonnaise. Oh, it's tragic. I don't think it would shock you to learn that I've never had one in my life. That's okay. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, the last time like I had McDonald's, the last time I had McDonald's was with you, and we were in, uh, we where were we? Bishopville. Bishopville, and we were hunting the lizard yeah. man. And every time we would go there, yes. I'm like, "Hey, tea, we gotta stop. I need a sweet tea," because it was always hot. And then we'd always get some French fries. <laughs> French fries, yeah. <laughs> but I, I did, I'll slam some McDonald's yeah. French See, fries. I don't order French fries because I think that's where the calories really get you. But they're eh. already there. It's not good anyway. I know, I know. But the fries are just straight up fried. Whereas the, at least there's like protein. They're so good. It's the best part. But I, I believe in eating fast food fast and then you just forget that you even ate it so you don't feel bad. Like, oh, that didn't happen. <laughs> then you eat it again. Hello out. Well, I did get a Bojangles on Sunday because I needed that. Oh, Gavin. I love Bojangles. Stop. Two sausage biscuits. Wait, you yes, were please. home then though, right? Huh? <laughs> you were home then, I was in right? Raleigh. I was still on the road. <laughs> <laughs> road calories don't count. Back me up here, folks. Diet Cokes were being poured. Everything was happening. I'm learning more and more. More and more things don't count on the road. When well, you're uh, out this... there, baby, you're right in the wild. You can understand. You can see where I'm coming from here. <laughs> yeah, well, the difference is you go eat. I just have not eaten all day, and um, oh, I have things. no prospects of eating yet. Yeah. Uh, if This is what AT sounds like, hangry as hell. Why don't you get <laughs> <laughs> you have an intern get them. I know that's a below, you know, menial intern task, but get them to go get you something. I'm just such a humanist, I think. Oh, um, my God. That is that so when they're done true. working, I just let them go. He I is just, just go, such you know? a good boss, guys. Like he. Oh, my God. That's so true. <laughs> well, if I am the boss, then I order all you listeners to please call because I need more calls because yes. we can't sustain this ending anymore. <laughs> yes, boss. And please go find AT at Doc Street and bring him some food. <laughs> oh my God, bring me a salad, please. Or sheet cake. I beg of you. No, not a sheet cake. He uh, needs the sugar. Salad. Give him the sugar. <laughs> no. no. Okay, no. everyone. I love you. I miss you. I wish I was home. Okay, Gavin, <laughs> say goodbye. Oh my gosh, this is like your campaign trail, but it's a whole month of it. <laughs> now, folks, uh, again, do like Hunter and, and and follow AT's lead and give us a shout. 803-563-7169. Uh, clap like his life depends on it. Give us a voicemail. It's like, you know, Tinkerbell. Bring him back to life by clapping, but give a voicemail. 803-563-7169. You can also show us your appreciation by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and stay up to date with the latest news on SCT tv.org and south carolina public radio.org and don't forget to support your local newspapers for the south carolina lead i'm gavin jackson be well south carolina uh i i, I smelled i tasted spice for the first time and saw the future you mm -hmm. know what i mean